Okay. So, last week we started talking about marriage. And just like I kind of prefaced last week, um, obviously I haven't been married forever, so I can't deem myself an expert in the situation. But that's why we're going to spend time in the Word, because the Word is the expert in the situation. And that's what we're going to continue to go through. Um, Last week we talked about the roles of a husband. So how many of you wives went home and beat your husbands over the head because they weren't fulfilling their roles? Abe, Abe took it upon himself to bring correction. I guess that's good. We'll summarize real quick what we learned last week as the roles of the husbands. We'll just reread these four roles that we talked about. And again, these aren't all inclusive, but gives you a good idea what the word talks about. The husband is the head of the household. He is to be the one that gives directions, provide vision, and makes decisions. No, that's not fully his responsibility on his home. Obviously, when you're married, the two become one. You're in this together. But sometimes you might meet a crossroad where a decision has to be made, and there may not be a perfect certainty as to which direction to go, and there might not be a complete decision as a group, or, or you know, maybe the wife isn't leaning one way or the other, well, somebody's got to finally stand up and say, this is what we're going to do. This is what I believe God would have us to do. Number two, it's, he's the provider of the household. You should be taking care of your family. You should be providing for their needs, both you know, naturally and spiritually. You're the protector of the household. Yes, again, in the natural, but especially spiritually. If there's things attacking your household, that's your responsibility, husbands, to step in. And to, and to use the word of God, the sword of the spirit, and defend your your wife and your family. And number four, love your wife. Simple, right? Be be uh, she should be your best friend, somebody that you look to as your best friend. So that was kind of in summary what we talked about as the roles of a husband. And this week we're going to pick on the wives. No whoop, whoops and hoorays, huh? So we're going to talk about the roles of a wife this week. And we'll go through some scriptures and talk about what the scripture lays out as some roles. And again, this isn't necessarily all-inclusive. We don't really even have time to get into the childhood raising and things like that. I mean, there's a ton in scripture about that, what your different roles are as a mother and a father and what in in regards to children and how that all works. It's there's a lot in there, you know, so check it out. But we're going to kind of concentrate on the rules of a wife tonight in regards to the marriage between a husband and a wife. Genesis 2.18 says, And the Lord God said, It is not good that man should be alone. I will make him a helper comparable to him. So why was woman created? As a helpmate. As a helper to the husband. Uh, one to come alongside and to help him. To, to support him, all these different things. So now, before you start just thinking that's maybe a secondary position, we'll go through this scripturally. Again, when you become married, marriage is probably the second coolest thing next to salvation, in my opinion. And as I've gotten the opportunity to teach marriage classes and do some marriages and stuff, the more I see in the Word, it's probably the, the most powerful spiritual thing you can do next to getting born again. Because two become one. You're literally in the spirit. You are now one. Let alone the scriptures are full of agreement. And how two get in agreement, nothing can stand in your way. 
And so it's the perfect setup. God created the perfect setup to be successful in the spirit. So, you know, it's just, it's just one of the neatest things. It's, it's another one of those mysteries. You know, how is one truly born again on the inside? It's the same way. When two get married, they become one. It's a mystery of God, literally. In it, but it's, a, it's an awesome thing. It's a neat thing. So, uh, as a helper, you know, you're to be a helper to your husband. That doesn't mean that you're necessarily a mother to your husband, where you've got to hold his hand kind of things, stuff like that. Dad's poking mom because that might be what's going on there. I don't know. And it should not be that she is a boss of him either, just ordering him around, telling him everything he should do, telling him everything he should think, telling him everything he's not doing, stuff like that either. That's not necessarily what a helper is. So we'll go through and decide through Scripture here what some of the roles of a wife are. And here is role number one, wives are to submit to your husbands. Everybody's got rocks. Nobody's throwing rocks. Okay, so before anybody wants to stone me, because I throw out that word submit, let's talk about it from the scriptures. The world has done a real good job of screwing up the word submit. You know, they've made it something perverted, something evil, something wrong. Basically, it sounds like if you were to submit to your husband, you give up all your rights. You give up your ability to think, make a decision, um, to just do whatever he wants in every aspect of life. That's not what it means, by any means. So we'll go through and look at some scriptures here and decide what word submit means biblically. And I think you'll understand, and it's not necessarily such an ugly word. So turn to Ephesians 5. We'll start in verse 20, I believe. Ephesians 5, verse 20. We'll start there. Nope, that's not right. Okay, 22, I'm sorry. Verse 22. Wives, submit to your own husbands as to the Lord. For the husband is the head of the wife, as Christ is the head of the church, and he is, therefore, he is the Savior of the body. Therefore, just as the church is subject to Christ, so let the wives be to their own husbands in everything. So we see here the word submit, and this is where we're getting the role of a wife to submit to their husband. It comes right out of the word. But notice, again, like we talked about the role of a husband being the head of the household, it's not because he gets to rule the roost. It's called proper order. Best way to describe it here, you've got the Trinity. God's first, Jesus is second, Holy Spirit's third. Yet they're all one. You can't separate the three. They're, they're literally one being, but yet there's an order. You understand? I mean, we've, if, if you've heard teachings on the Trinity and how it all works, they're, they're submitting to one another, but yet they're all one. So in the church, you've got the same thing. Christ is the head of the church. Then you have the pastor. Then you might have maybe area leaders or whatever, but basically under that's the sheep. So do you have any problems submitting the pastor? No, not at all. You know, we believe that he's hearing from God and bringing that direction and vision, guidance, protection, all those things to us as God speaks to him, and we submit to that. It's the same thing. 
its proper order. If we were to usurp that and say, no, I've heard from God and this is what we should do, it's not going to work out real well. It causes all kinds of division. It causes strife. It causes problems. It can go as far as to causing health issues. If you fight things long enough, if you resist God, you open up a door for the enemy to come in because you're not in order no more. It's just like if you stand out in the rain today and if you're under an umbrella, you're not going to get wet. You're protected from the rain. But that umbrella, let's say God's holding that umbrella, you take off walking, and he didn't say go that way, but he's heading this way. Obviously, you're no longer protected. You're out there on your own. You're taking your chances. Same thing in a marriage. Christ is the head of the marriage. The husband's the head of the household. And the wife is to submit to the husband as as the husband submits to Christ. So it's proper order. You're putting yourself in a position to be protected, to be blessed, to on and on and on and on. Like we talked about last week, what, what is Jesus to the body? is what the husband is to be to the wife and to the family. And if you're in that proper order, then you are subject to receive those things. But if you're out of order, you can't receive those. Another way to look at it is you see a lot of, um, and a lot of them are put into this position. So again, I'm not trying to lump everybody together. Every situation is unique, but you see a lot of single moms out there. And they're trying to do do it, both roles on their own. Usually they become pretty rough and gruff, pretty tough, maybe not as sensitive as most women are, um, especially the ones that have put themselves in that position because they will not submit to anyone, let alone to a husband or anything like that. The ones that just kind of have a rebellious spirit about them, if you want to call it that, it wreaks havoc on them. And it, it gets hard on them. And as years go by, you can even see it, in my opinion, in the, in the physical, in the natural. It starts to, to wear and tear on them because they're taking on a role they're not made for. They're not designed for, even physically not designed to be the husband, so to speak. And so it can be hard to play those roles. And the last but not least thing to think about, too, is when we die and we stand before God, He's the one that's going to get judged for Harvest Church and what Harvest Church has done, whether or not Harvest Church has followed the will of God that God had for Harvest Church. That's his responsibility. He'll be judged for that. We'll be judged whether or not we followed his lead. But overall, if he doesn't follow God's will and he misleads this whole group, he's in trouble for that. You won't be held accountable for that. It's the same thing in the household. Husbands, you are going to be accountable for your family, whether or not you followed God's will. And if the wives are submitted to you, you're not responsible for that. And if you got off course, the husband's the one that's going to get in trouble for that, not you. But if we are, if if the wife is not submitting to that and provoking problems, well, then they're taking on that responsibility of judgment for the family. It's out of order. You get what I'm saying? So it's not position. It's not authority, ruleship, or anything like that. It's just proper order. <clears throat> so the best way I can define biblically submission to the husband from the wife's standpoint comes right out of the marriage ceremony thing. And this is what we read as we have a marriage ceremony. So I'm going to read this, and it starts with the scriptures that we just read. It says, Wives, submit yourselves unto your own husbands as unto the Lord. For the husband is the head of the wife, even as Christ is the head of the church. And he is the savior of the body. 
Therefore, as the church is subject unto Christ, so let the wives be to their own husbands and everything. As we read these scriptures, we see the wives' role in the marriage union. We can quickly get the idea that the wife is ruled over by the husband because of the use of the word submit. The world has perverted the meaning of the word submit into something that is wrong or evil. This scripture isn't speaking of dominance, but a place of order in the marriage. Just as the believer submits themselves to Jesus and to the word, the wife submits herself to the husband. You see, Jesus didn't rule over the believer with an iron fist, nor does he dominate over the believer's life. But through love and grace, he gives everything that he has to the believer. And through that order, the believer is put into a place of safety, position, or protection, and blessing. The same is, the, is for the wife who places herself in this proper order. So it's a wonderful thing. The word submit is a wonderful thing. And as we submit under our husbands. <clears throat> but the only way you can properly submit to your husband is first submitting to the word of God. And obviously because the word tells us to do that. But just to the authority of God in our own lives. We have to submit to that first to be able to submit to the husband. But, husbands, don't be upset if your wife isn't submitting to you if you're not seeking God and you're not doing your part to be the husband. You know, I know we're talking about the women tonight, but we're just going to keep throwing some plugs in here on the guys because I think a lot of times this is one of the things that I see a lot, as I kind of shared last week, dealing with people and getting into their homes and seeing it go. I think a lot of times, I don't want to, Say the wives are off off the hook, but <clears throat> a lot of times the husband's not doing his part, therefore not deserving that that submission. Uh, and let me read the second part of this from the marriage ceremony, and you get the idea of the role of a husband again. We talked a bit about this last week, but I think it's well worth repeating. So we see the scriptural role of a wife, and as we read on, we see the role of a husband. It says, husbands, love your wives, even even as Christ also loved the church and gave himself for it, that he might sanctify and cleanse it with the washing of the water by the word, that he might present it to himself a glorious church, not having spot or wrinkle or any such thing, but that it should be holy and without blemish. As we started reading these scriptures, we kind of look, we kind of think that the husband might have it easy because the wife is to submit to him as the head of the household. But as we read on, we see the word, We see the charge the word of God puts on the husbands. Husbands, love your wives, even as Christ also loved the church and gave himself for it. How did Jesus express his love for the church or for the believer? He gave his life. He gave up everything he had and handed it over to the believer. And now Jesus lives to take care of the believer, provide for the believer, protect the believer, continually giving them his all. This is the scriptural role of a husband in the marriage. So as we follow that scripture, scriptural role, we put ourselves in the proper position and proper order. The second role of a wife, honor and respect your husbands. Honor and respect your husbands. I want to read Ephesians 5.23 again out of the Amplified Version to you. It says, and let the wife see that she respects and reverences her husband, that she notices him regards him, honors him, prefers him, and esteems him, and that she defers to him, praises him, and loves and admires him exceedingly. Pretty good mouthful, huh? So, 
wives? Do you respect your husbands? Do you notice or give attention to your husband? Do you express your love to your husband? Sometimes I think the simple I love you falls by the wayside and doesn't get said much. It's simple, but it's, 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 it's words you're putting out there. And maybe some days you don't feel like you love them anymore. You know, I, I see some people that really struggle in their marriages. And I've, the first thing that comes to my mind, if they'd ever asked me my two cents or how do I fix this, is I'd say, you know what? First thing you need to do is every day, twice a day, you need to say, I love you. And you might not feel like it. You might not even believe it. But you start speaking it and you'll infect your own heart and you'll get some good stuff in there. And it might, you'll see some change come on. And it's just the simple words that we can put out there. Do you admire your husband? Let me say this as nicely as I can. This will be about the only thing that I kind of pick on the women for. It seems like a lot of times we, I see as women get together that sometimes the topic goes towards the husband and some badgering or picking on or, or uh, gossip, you might say, starts to come out. And it can almost get to where it becomes like it's competitive where the one's trying to maybe outdo the other one on how bad their husband is. And I know it almost sounds kind of comical, but it, it happens a lot. They'll start saying things like, well, you know what my husband did or what he doesn't do is this, that, and the other. And then the other one will say, oh, yeah, mine's like that too, but you know what else they do? They do this, they do that, they say this, they act like that. They won't do this, they won't do that. And it just kind of starts fueling, and before you know it, we're all sitting there kind of gossiping and badgering our husbands. And I know nobody in here does that, so that's good. And I'm glad that that's that way. And let it not be so among women of faith. You know, but I know that you have seen it. And you've probably been somewhere where it starts to happen. And uh, it's real easy to get caught up in something like that. Because, yeah, they're going to say things that, yeah, your husband probably does do wrong. And you probably have a right to say something. But those kind of setups are unhealthy. And you can find yourself dogging him. And then by the time you go home, you're ready to just slap him straight across the face as hard as you can. And he walks up. You, he walks in the door. You backhand him. And he has no idea what just happened. You know, and that leaves us always wondering and that mystery of the woman that we can't ever figure out. But... <clears throat> But don't let yourself get caught up in that because it's just an unhealthy thing and it's not good. But instead, either just stay out of it or throw something good out there. You know, speak something respectful out there or throw a little honor out towards them. It'll probably shut the whole thing down. They won't even know how to respond to it. They won't even know what to say. Or, better yet, they might admire that a little bit and start asking you questions about, well, what in the world's working for you then? Why does it work so good for you? You know, again, we're only 10 years into this, not even quite 10 years into this, and I've had a lot of people ask, why do you guys get along so good? I mean, what's the difference? And, yeah, we have plenty of our own spouts and fights and all that good stuff. Don't get me wrong, but at the end of the day, I love her and she loves me. And I don't think that exists in a lot of marriages. And it's sad, you know, in the world. it's, it's, It's just a thing that they just put up with each other, I think, sometimes. And they've let the fire wane, and now there's nothing left. They're missing that agape love. And again, let it not be so 
amongst us. Men are generally in a greater need of verbal praise. And that might sound kind of funny, and you might be sitting there as a guy and thinking, no, I don't need that. Well, I think in regards between a man and a woman, from what I've observed anyway, generally a guy will appreciate a thank you or a attaboy, if you want to call it that, once in a while, more than a woman does. It seems like a woman can do things for weeks, months on end and never hear a thank you or nothing, and they just keep going. And it doesn't seem to affect them the same way, but... um, Guys appreciate that, especially from the one that they've chased, fallen in love with, gone after, pursued, and have now obtained, if you want to call it that. Now they are with that person. And if all they get is badgering and and slanderous words and ragging on them, so to speak, you can break a man down doing that stuff. And it's not good. And I've seen that too. And I can think of a specific couple that the man walks around And you can tell he only stands about this tall. And he literally doesn't say much. And he don't have anything to really do with the decision process of here we are doing some big work to their home. And he hardly says a word, doesn't make an effort to even be really a part of it. And it's not that I think that he doesn't care. I think he's just been broken down. And, and And I can sense that on him that he's just... Well, why will I say anything? My opinion doesn't count anyway. Or I'm just an idiot. And I just say stupid things anyway. And and you can see a lot of people that have maybe been divorced too. And I, I know some other people of, of guys that are just, they just have completely adopted the idea that nobody cares about them. Because they've screwed up a couple of different times along the way. And they've had a woman that's just torn them to pieces and just ragged on them and broken them down. And so they've got this idea that nobody cares about them anyway. Why bother? You can try to invite them to do something. They ain't coming because they think, oh, my presence will just be a burden on them kind of thing. So just be careful with your words and hang on to the scriptures and submit to the scripture kind of thing and do do what the word of God tells us. So that, in part, brings us to our third and final role for the night on the roles of a wife, and that's to be a friend to your husband. Just like we talked about, the husband should look at their wives as their best friend. It's the same thing for the wife. We should be looking at our husbands as our best friends kind of thing. Why do I keep referring to myself as like I'm a wife looking at my husband? You notice that? I keep doing it. Anyway, probably shouldn't have said nothing. You guys probably weren't even noticing. Anyway, be a friend to your husband. Here is kind of a definition, if you want to call it that, and, you're, and you probably won't be able to jot it down. It's pretty long. Of what like a wife being a friend to the husband could be, or the friend definition for the wife towards her husband. A wife is a friend who joins herself to her husband for a common, perp- or for a common purpose to give courage, faith, and approval uh, and understanding to his feelings and ideas and brings herself into harmony and accord with him according to God's will. So you get behind, support, encourage, love, admire, honor, respect your husband as long as he's following the will of God. And maybe he's not doing such a great job of that right now. But start speaking that out there. Do it in faith and watch. God will honor his word. Let God have something to work with. Let God get a hold of him and shake him to the core and get him lined up. 
And he ain't going to do that if you're just beating him up, talking him down, screaming and hollering, things like that. But give God something to work with if he's not fulfilling that role. Let's go to Proverbs 31. Does anybody know what Proverbs 31 is labeled as? Yep, a virtuous woman or a virtuous wife. And we'll end with this scripture here. A few notes on it. We'll go 31, verse 11 and 12. But we'll start in verse 10. Who can find a virtuous wife for her worth is far above rubies? The heart of her husband safely trusts her so he will have no lack of gain. She does him good and not evil all the days of her life. If you go on and read, a wife who treats her husband like this, the fruit of it is her husband's heart safely trusting in, in her and rising up and praising her. So it's a two-way street. It's just, it's just like anything else. You reap what you sow. It's that simple. And sometimes we can get hung up on the little things, get upset, start speaking the wrong things, and we can't figure out why all we get back is wrong things. And I understand it's a two-way street, but at the same time, start sowing it the right way. Start sowing some of that encouragement. Start sowing some praise, some honor, some respect. That causes his heart to be turned, to trust in you, and to rise up and praise you, which is a good thing. It, it creates a healthy, a healthy marriage, something worth bragging about, something that will stick out in these days and will draw people. It's in my opinion, yet another great way to witness. When people that are in this world are struggling, fighting, uh, hating each other, they see you in love, what's real love, it's a witness. And they may, maybe not, but they may come and say something, and it just opens the door up, an opportunity to talk to them about it. So the three things tonight, the roles of the wife, submit to your own husbands, honor and respect your husbands, and your husband should be your best friend. Simple, right? But again, it's just one of those things that it seems like if you don't go back to the Word and read what the Word says, you'll start hearing all this other stuff that's out there. you know. And, and there's nothing wrong with a strong-willed woman. That's a good thing. There's nothing wrong with that. There's nothing wrong with women's rights or anything like that. But it's just so sometimes you get some lopsided stuff out there that you hear and it, and it takes us away from the word and we start hearing that more and you start believing that. And before long, you're kind of stepping out of that order and, it, and we can't figure out why things ain't working, why we're frustrated, why we're having troubles, why we're angry, whatever it might be. So it's good to go back to the word and see what the word says and, and submit ourselves to the word and who cares what the world's doing. We follow the word and we can, we can be in love as much as we want. You know, I can, I can remember when people tell you, you tell people you're getting married. Oh, there you go. That's the end of this. That's the end of that. Now it's going to be this and now it's going to be that. Nah, that's a bunch of bunk. It ain't the truth. It isn't. And I tell people, you know, they, they said all that stuff. And as time has gone on, you know, I remember the first couple, three years of marriage and they say, yeah, all the honeymoon stuff's wore off now, right? And it's just a, this, that, and the other. And, you know, they try to, 
They try to make themselves feel better for their crappy marriage. I think it's all it is. And I say, I tell you what, I'm falling in love with her more and more all the time. And that's the truth. It's the absolute truth. Yes, I have days where I just like to see her go, go away and not come back for a while. But that's feelings. That don't matter. That's not agape, the real deal. And you've got to have that. And, and it's the truth. I love her. I, I grow fonder of her all the time. And I begin to appreciate her more and more. I rise up and I praise her. And I, my heart safely trusts in her. That's a biblical marriage. And that's something that's very easy to obtain if we just submit ourselves to the word. So again, like last week, I encourage you, take a moment and chat about this. So now it's your turn, guys. I know Nate said that Amy was picking on him last week, so he's been waiting for this. So now he's got ammunition to go back. It's not supposed to cause strife, Nate. <laughs> and it don't. But you know, you're, you're adults. You're growing adults. Sit down and talk about this stuff. You should be able to do that better than you can with a friend. That's the true friend. That's what we're talking about. You should be able to bear your heart with your husband or your wife and have that true friendship greater than someone else outside of your marriage. So let's pray as we close tonight. Heavenly Father, I thank you for your word. I thank you, Father God, for the marriages represented here tonight. And I thank you, Father God, for those future marriages that are going to be, Father God. We thank you, Lord, that it's your desire that we live in unity and peace with one another. And so, Father, I just pray for your strength to be in every marriage, your joy to be in every marriage, and your peace to be in every marriage. Yes, Lord, we might not be able to avoid strife, but I thank you, Father, that you educate us and help us to deal with that and to deal with it according to your word. And I thank you, Father God, as we submit to you, and as we submit to one another, that there be peace and strength in our marriages and a representation of your love in the world, Father God, in Jesus' name, amen.